With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is this my buddy Nick DiPaolo? Mike, holy shit. What's it been, six years? Finally. You're too busy. That's the problem. Well, things did pick up right after I uh, met you. Hey, Nick, I'll be honest. I was thinking about you Friday. We're messaging each other, trying to set up a date finally to do this. And this is the truth. I'm thinking, why would Nick ever leave New York? The comedy clubs are here, radio's here, all the press. And Nick, I swear to God, I'm on the subway. Yeah. It's like 105 degrees on the platform. <laughs> Nick, 10 lines weren't running. The one, two, three, the five. And I'm like, Nick DiPaolo, fucking genius, man. <laughs> Dude, there's people following me. I mean, if you read the papers, I mean, people richer than me are leaving in droves. I mean, the, the property taxes, I was being raped in Westchester. I should have done it 10 years ago. And I uh, couldn't be fucking happier down here. And I made 70 grand just by leaving, Mike. Just by you leaving. Me. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Nick. Do you miss anything about the Big Apple, for real? Well, I mean, I, look, I've been in Westchester for the last... Are, are we recording yet? Yeah, we're oh, recording. Oh, good, great. Uh, that was great. I like the way we went right into this. Uh, I, uh, I was in Westchester the last... But I did live in the city, you know, on and off, like five, ten years and when I when I first moved there, I was in my you know late twenties, early thirties. So I absolutely loved it because you're chasing pussy till three in the morning and <laughs> doing five six sets uh, a night and and yeah. But but it all changed now with the internet. You you don't have to be there. The comedy clubs are everywhere, but you don't have you don't have to be in New York. And uh, everybody's doing their own thing now, finding their own niche. And then, you know, then I got married, so I didn't have to fucking, you know. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it when I was living in Manhattan. Uh, and then I lived in Queens. For, I went out to L.A. for a couple of years, came back to Astoria. Uh, it, it was a blast. But I'm just saying, as I, you know, as I became a mature, uh, it's like, what am I doing? Property taxes were 26 grand where I lived in Westchester. <laughs> and and uh, they're three grand down here for a comparable house. And, uh, you know. So I'm not going to have a mortgage once I sell the New York house. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I literally was up seventy grand just by by leaving. Rush Limbaugh left twenty something years ago. I mean, <laughs> so you know. Hey, where'd you live in New York? Because I just did the same thing. I was in Manhattan for eight years. I just moved to Astoria last year. So where were your where were your haunts in New York and Astoria? Oh, uh, God, I moved a few times within Manhattan. The first one where me and Louis C.K. were roommates. Are our, our manager Barry Katz had an apartment on the Upper West Side, like like 82nd and uh, uh, what do you call it? Central Park West. Like a, it was just a tiny, you know, kind of a tall apartment with bunk beds and shit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like Seinfeld was our neighbor, like the next street over. And me and Louie had such a ball. And then uh, I went out to L.A. for you, came back and I got an apartment uh, on uh, like 91st and Columbus. And then I had a, my last one in Manhattan was on 91st and like between 1st and 2nd or 2nd and 3rd. Uh, there was a place called Nick's Diner right on my corner. And uh, I fucking, <laughs> I remember having a girl over. I was going to cook for her. My stove broke. So I brought a whole chicken to Nick's Diner. Can you roast this for me? <laughs> 
and then I went the next day. So you know, I get laid. Nice job. Here's some stuffing. I got another. I got another whore coming. Make these carrots. Um, so yeah, I loved uh, Upper East. I loved the Upper East Side apartment too. But yeah, but once uh, you know, once I got to Westchester and got a house and a wife, it's like this is you know. Anyhow, that's and then uh, Astoria. I lived right at the last stop. I'm trying to think of the. Is Astoria Ditmars? Is that was the Yeah, story? yeah, Ditmars, and I lived on 23rd, I want to say. Ditmars and 23rd or 29th, it's the last stop. Literally, I walked at the end of my street, and there's mm-hmm. the last stop on the N train. So, uh, and that was great, too. I fucking love that apartment. It was a pizza place on the corner, and it was huge compared to what I had in Manhattan. And uh, nice hardwood floors, and, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. But Jesus, I mean, you know, enough already. Well, it's funny you said that because I was in Manhattan for 10 years on the East Village and then Gramercy. My girl and I, she's like, let's move to Astoria. We have doors here. We have closets. I'm like, what? Why was I such an idiot? I thought I was going to be cool and be like, yo, I live in New York City. What an asshole I was. I have like full bedrooms here and closets. It's nice floors, nice people. I'm an idiot. (laughs) No, but there's something about the energy of the city, you know, but but you get that in Astoria. I mean, you get great restaurants in Astoria, every, every kind of food. If you want diarrhea, there's Ethiopian restaurants around the corner. If you, I mean, uh, Indian food, fucking Pakistani. I actually saw an Ethiopian restaurant. I'm like, you go in there, it's like, you know, they give you a bowl of mush like you see in those kids in the desert. <laughs> fly. They actually bring flies in. They put them on your forehead and they film you. <laughs> you you moved down to Hotlanta, Georgia. How's the sports scene down there? Because I know you're a big sports guy. Well, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm a Bostonian, so fucking I, I made the mistake of wearing a Patriots T-shirt to the fucking mall when I first get down here. One guy literally touches me. <laughs> like all the black dude goes, you get a lot of balls wearing that. And I looked down, what are you, t- oh, fuck. I go, yes, you're right. And he started laughing. I forgot, you guys were up 28-3. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another guy said to me, I had the Patriots T-shirt on, and this was like a couple weeks after that. He rolls down his window in the parking lot. He goes, hey, you still got our playbook? I thought he was talking about the Civil War. That's how fucking. <laughs> I go, get over. Oh, I said, you mean the Super Bowl? <laughs> so we didn't need your playbook. We had Tom Brady, dude. Fucking, you got Matt Ryan. He started laughing. We were very good natured. And then I love the people down here. You got to get into college football. College football is big down there, isn't it? Dude, that is my that is my favorite. I, I soured on the NFL about 20 years ago. I played a little ball up at University of Maine mm-hmm. in the early 80s, so I always loved college football. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to uh, Alabama-Auburn on November 30th. I've never been to an SEC game. I've never really been to, and I'm a college football fanatic, I've never been to a, a big, you know. In the, in the 70s, I went to Boston College, played uh, Alabama at Sullivan Stadium where the Patriots used to play. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was in October. It was weird. Though. It was like 78 degrees until halftime. Then it dropped like 40 degrees in six minutes. I'll never forget it. I- I'm wearing green Converse suede sneakers with no socks. It started pouring out. And when I got home, my feet were green for like two weeks. I couldn't get the, the fucking <laughs> whatever they the <laughs> made my feet completely green. That was the only time I saw a big time, uh, you know, Alabama. But uh, yeah, I, 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 it's a religion down here, Mike. They they eat it up. I mean, you see, you see kids in strollers with Georgia hats and uh, gun racks on the stroller and chewing tobacco. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> they they love it. Down. That's my favorite of all sports is college football. I absolutely adore it. 
SEC and the Big Ten, Nick, the towns, the cities shut down for it. Like, you'll see no one on the street. It's a ghost town, and no one loves their sports. We think Yankee fans and Red Sox fans, we love our sports. They close down the city when teams play. That's absolutely right. You see the tailgating. When, when, when Florida and Georgia play, it's called the biggest party. And they, there's a name for the biggest yeah, party yeah. in the whatever. And, uh, yeah, like they, they really – and uh, I, I just – it's my – college football is my favorite sport, so I, I cannot wait to see Georgia. I also have a uh, – I also have a like a minor league baseball team a mile from my house down here, the Savannah Bananas they're called. <laughs> They, they, they play in the East Coastal League. It's like the equivalent to the Cape Cod League. You know, okay. a lot of guys, uh, the Cape Cod League. It's the equivalent of that. It's uh, it's like these guys that are in college that have already been drafted. But it's the Savannah Bananas. They've sold out 72 games in a row. Place holds like 4,000 people. And I was told when you go there, the, 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 the game is like secondary to all these stuff that goes. And, and we went a couple weeks ago. Of course, it started raining after one inning. Dude, I've never had more fun at a, a – I've never seen anything. Black and white people next to each other. There's a guy in a yellow Savannah banana. He's got a yellow tux on, yellow top hat, a microphone. He entertained us for two hours. <laughs> they have a banana throwing contest. The guys catch him in his pants. They, the, the players the players are dancing with this guy, Maceo, or whatever his name is. A black – this young black kid named Maceo who's doing fun handsprings flips and dancing to like fucking cool in the gang and and the players on both teams during the rain delay are out there dancing with them doing the electric i have never and i usually hate that nonsense you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I, i've never seen this guy with his yellow tuxedo entertaining he entertained us for two hours i've never seen anything like it and and then and it was good baseball but one inning we saw I mean, uh, these guys, some of these guys you'll see in the major leagues. But it's like a mile from my – I can walk to the stadium if I want. This is different. A happy Nick DePaul. I'm looking at you now. You're tan. You're looking good. You're loving life down there. I am, but I just found a spot on my lung, so things that – no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, right now, yes. <laughs> I do. I mean, the sun, man. I, I, I get this tan going out to get my mail. You know, it's like, what the fuck? I never thought I never really believed in, you know, global warming. I get down here, it's a different kind of hot. It's a weird. It's like when your oven's on 500 degrees and you open it, it's a blast. You know what I mean? I'm the not talking, you open, the second you open the door, you're getting crushed by it. Yeah, I'm not talking like kitchen oven. I'm talking Hitler oven hot. It's fucking brutal. Hey, your podcast, the Nick DiPaolo show, it is absolutely incredible and Everyone has a podcast now. I'm loving a few things about it. One, the video element. I love that you're putting up videos next to you, commenting on it. Right. Hilarious. I love that aspect of it. I love that you're getting guests randomly. I know you had Anthony Cumier on the other day. You have Bill Burr on. And I love the studio aspect. Is that studio in your house? Because I know your last one was. No, this is this is a this is why I love it down here too. I used to have <laughs> Mike, I used to have to drive from Westchester from Austining into the city at like around five o'clock in the afternoon. So oh. just pick, just picture that on the Sawmill Parkway. I mean, literally it'd take me an hour and a half to go thirty five miles. Uh, here I wake up, it's a nine minute drive on a tree lined street to my studio. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm paying for the studio, that's what but um it's literally nine minutes to my fucking to to do this. And uh, it's funny, you, you, you're pretty observant because uh, we had our biggest month as far as people subscribing. And the thing they were commenting, at least my manager said, what they like is when I'm commenting on the videos. So uh, he made that observation. So that's what we try to do. 
and uh, yeah, we have a video component to it. It's so I, you know, it's it's more, it's like a streaming live show. I don't know if you call it a pod. I guess it is because you archive it and send it out. But it's live. It's free on Mondays. On Mondays, it's free. We 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 stream live on YouTube and Facebook and. And, and then the rest of the week, if you want the other three shows, you subscribe at patreon.com. Like I said, this month we signed up more people than we have. So uh, something's going right, I guess. And you know what else you're doing? I don't know if you guys did it back in the day. Now you're uploading the, the clips really quick to YouTube. So you'll go on YouTube. There'll be like a five-minute rant of you about Megan Rapino, or whatever, five yeah. minutes. But that's pretty – and I see the numbers of those downloads. Like, Nick, you're really hitting a str- – obviously you've been doing it forever. You know what you're doing. But you're hitting a stride with this podcasting, man. Well, I, you know what happened, uh, Mike? I, I found some people that know what they're doing as far as um, the Internet goes and, and, and getting me out there. Because I, my manager that I'm working with, we probably started working with each other a year and a half, two years ago. He goes – he looked at other people who aren't even like one-eighth – and I'm not famous, but uh, to use the word loosely – one-eighth as well-known as me. And their clips were fucking way more than mine as far as – he goes, there's a disconnect there. He goes, you're more famous than these people, yet you get, you know, you're not doing it right. So he found that he found some people that know how to know how to use the internet, and that's why now I have to get up at quarter seven in the morning. That's the only thing. <laughs> um, they, but they're right about it. They said, look, you have to be first. You have to. Rush Limbaugh comes in at noontime. The people like Rush, like you, they said, so you have to beat these guys to the punch, mm-hmm. and and which is smart. So so I'm up preparing at seven in the morning, do the show at eleven a.m. And like Rush is really the first guy at noon, so I'm beating these guys to the punch, and uh, and then they put the clips out after the show. Which Jason, what do we put out after the show? Clips from the day before, or I still don't know how it worked from today, from that day's show. Yeah, the, yeah. So that's uh, so you're right. We're, we're getting traction. I mean, for once, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm loving this. And now on your show, I don't know. Did you talk about your own Erica Thomas down there and a little fib she told? That's a Georgia girl. Yeah, we yeah I touched on it today. I didn't get to it yesterday, so I sort of it was a second story today, and and I, I yeah I showed the clips and she's full of shit. And every story I did today that was racially, every story I did that had to do with race, at the end of the story, every one. This is how you know they 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 orchestrated the left. Every one of the stories that said this coming on the heels. Of Donald Trump telling four color women of color, Congresswomen, to go back to where they, every one of them, they're trying to tell, nobody ever told anybody to go back to their own country before Trump showed up, apparently. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> hey, one other thing about that, because you're not, well, you, you know, you're doing more political stuff now, but did you ever imagine politics getting to a place where it is now, where it's not even, it's not even fun? You can't even have a joking conversation with somebody. Did you ever imagine it getting this? embarrassing i i didn't i i mentioned that to uh who was i to oh glenn beck i did the glenn beck show like three weeks ago and in, in, in dallas and i said to him when i did my first open mic uh my first or second open mic in boston i'm talking 1988 mike mm-hmm. some guy comes up and he goes hey you're politically incorrect he goes that's where it's going and i remember saying to him and i said this i go i think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better and this was in 1988 but I said that Glenn Beck, I had no idea that we'd get to the point where I could point to my penis and go, I want you to call me Lisa. You know. <laughs> hey, speaking of you know getting people fired up during shows and stuff, we talked like after you got sucker punched after a show. Did anything ever happen with that? Was there ever an arrest for that or a motive? Well, I mean, she technically got arrested. They 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 took her, you know, 
they took her to a fucking psych ward that night, but they told me technically it was an arrest or whatever. Um, and um, I'm still pursuing it. Let's put it that way. If I have to uh, do it Italian style, I will. But <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, my uncle knows nothing about podcasts, knows nothing about them. I'm like, listen, listen to a few. So I put him on to Joe Rogan. He calls me up. He's like, hey, you ever hear this comedian Nick DiPaolo? I'm like, yeah, of course. And it, this is when you and I were conversing about coming on the show. He's like, this is this guy's the greatest. He has a special out. Which, so he loved your special. And, <laughs> I love and I'm it. like, yeah. I'm like, Uncle Mike, he's, he's great. So he actually – I'm going to plug your gig. You're going to be in Newtown, Pennsylvania. What is it? Saturday, August 10th, is it? Yes, that is correct, sir. we're going to it. We're driving down. He got tickets. He's like, we're going. He's bringing six of us down. He was so excited. So you're like his favorite comedian and a breath of fresh air on YouTube, different, hilarious, complete yeah. – and you know, Nick, it was old school comedy where you didn't give a shit. You just said funny things to make people laugh. Well, they call it old school. I guess old school in the sense that it's not politically correct, but it's comedy. It's, it's set up punchline. It's it's not fucking telling a mediocre story, you know, with, with a laugh here and there, a mild chuckle. I mean, it's set up punchline, and it has a point of view, and uh, it's how we talk in real life. And that's the only way I know how to do it. It's almost got 600,000 views, and it's been up two months. So I, I, I released it for free. Because, you know, in order for me to get on Netflix, I have to be a transgender Puerto Rican with a hair lip and a fucking one tit uh, riding a camel, whatever. the. But uh, so they won't even look at it, oh, the white guy. And Comedy Central's too scared of me. So, yeah, I said, I'm putting this one out for free, and it's the best thing I ever did. We, you know, we, you, we used the best quality cameras. It came out beautifully, and I had a lot to say. And uh, people, yeah, people... The, the the negative the positive to negative comment it's like twenty eight to one ratio positive to negative, and uh, it really it really was a, a nice boost for me. So that as far as helping my career, that special was you know the best so far. And the fact that I was really upset when it first came on YouTube, I'm like oh that sucked. It's not gonna get any traction. Anyone can put one on new, uh, on YouTube. But I think you not being on Netflix was like Pete Rose's shtick is like I'm not in the Hall of Fame, so people care more <laughs> about that. And I'm telling you, more people were like like my uncle's like he's not even allowed on Netflix. I'm like no, he's allowed on Netflix. It's on YouTube. But that's what's like a it was a great like selling point for it, wasn't it? But your uncle's right. I'm not allowed on Netflix <laughs> because of my fucking politics. I mean, it's a bunch of liberal jerk-offs running it. I mean, uh, you know, look, they, they, they handed out like 30 special. They did this thing where they gave a bunch of comedians like 20 minutes or yes. a half hour. And uh, I was looking at the – they handed out to like 30 comics, and they had a picture of all 30 of them. I saw like one, one white guy who might be straight, and uh, the rest of it looked like a fucking Benetton ad. Just, I mean, that's what they do. They preach tolerance and all. They wouldn't fucking look at me, a, a, a white guy in his 50s. What do you have to say? Uh, oh, only everything since political correctness was created to shut me up. So, uh, fuck Netflix. <laughs> I hope Does it fucking hear this. <laughs> Does it, uh, being down in Atlanta, is it affecting any gigs wise? Because, like, you're in New York, you're the epicenter, you can shoot over to Jersey, down the city. Yeah. Does it affect anything being down there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, because of this show, I have to be here Monday through Thursday. Uh, but you know, you, you can fly out of anywhere to do comedy, but, uh, yeah, there's not a bunch of, if you, you, what you asking me if there's a bunch of like local clubs, there aren't right where I am, mm -hmm. but, uh, it does have potential. Uh, my manager's sticking his nose into that. And if you know, this guy, this guy does what he said, he's opening a room in Vegas 
my manager Tommy, uh, I think it was it September, October, he's opening in Vegas. This beautiful showroom uh, at the Plaza Hotel in Vegas. It, it looks like, you know, a room that Sinatra would do in like 1958. <laughs> Seriously, with the red booths and everything. It's fucking gorgeous. So, um, but yeah, around here there's not much. But, you know, I have to go on the weekends anyways. And I, I haven't been doing a lot. I've been putting most of my creative energy into this show. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's a little more difficult. But uh, Jacksonville, Florida is two hours away from me. So, there's, you know, there's clubs there if I want to drive there. There's, uh, I haven't done South Cal- I haven't done Hilton Head. There's a whole market that I haven't tapped into that would love me. So that, that, that's what's up next. My manager is uh, working on that right now. Listen, you just nailed Hil- Hilton Head. All the older golfers, Nick, you're yeah. the perfect demo for them. They would love yeah. you up there. <laughs> well, you know how I know that? I did a gig about 10 years ago for my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother uh, uh, my brother lives on a golf course that Jack uh, Nicholas designed in Dublin, Ohio. And uh, they had me as the comic at the country club on mm-hmm. like a Saturday night. And uh, it was actually outside. And I'm thinking, this is going to suck, right? And, uh, of course, it's a bunch of, you know, rich white but. I got a standing ovation. <laughs> I, I, I fucking murdered, like, beyond murder. I get a standing ovation. My brother plays in a tournament the next day. Uh, he played with my brother-in-law. They were a team, and they they both can go. 150 people on the tournament. Guess who wins the tournament? My brother and my brother-in-law. My brother sinks a putt. The lady who ran the country club is like, it was a DePaulo weekend. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And And so, yeah, I think Hilton Head might be a nice soft spot for me. So that's what we're looking at. You're one of the few comedians who are just so outspoken, pro-military, pro-police, pro-government, you know, yeah. pro-non-anarchy. I had Florentine on recently, and we were talking about performing for the troops and stuff. You were out there in Afghanistan, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, Jimmy was out there with us, uh, David Tell, Artie Lang, um, Baba Bowie. And, uh, yeah, what a, that, was a, that was a trip of a lifetime. And we, we were in between gigs one night, and the sirens went off, and they rushed us into a bomb shelter. And I'm like, what, am I going to get killed in the name of a big top fun? What the fuck? I'm going to tell a few dicks. And they were in like a C- we're in a C-130 being at midnight. We're in a C-130 flying over Afghanistan, and me and Artie, they, they let me and Artie go up into the cockpit, and there's two kids flying at like half our age. I'm like, geez, I'd be nervous if we were in a fucking Camaro. Never mind giant plane. <laughs> And uh, it was unbelievable, man. What a trip it was. Uh, uh, we, landed, we landed in Kyrgyzstan, which is a, a base that we give Russia $50 million a year to. It's such a weird world. We rent out a military base from Russia. I don't even understand how the world works. But, uh, yeah, what a trip that was. And, 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 you know, I'm talking, they had us performing what they called uh, FOB, Forward Operating Bases. <laughs> Some of these places we performed... Literally, the guy said, you know why we're out here in the middle of nowhere? To draw enemy fire. That's why I go, what the f-? <laughs> So we, but, but it would be like 60 guys at noontime in 120 degrees, fucking, just like 60 guys uh, at a makeshift stage. And you know what? I, it was my privilege to, to and you see how these, pe- these men and women live, mm-hmm. you know? We think barracks, are, you know, everything's like plywood. They throw it up in 10 seconds. And uh, to see how humble and, and how they live, and uh, it was so rewarding, man. It was a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. I and kept I lo- you on. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I said I kept you on for 25 minutes. I'm going to bang it out with a few quick questions. I don't want to okay. take too much of your time. You ready? 
coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? That they would text me right back. Well, that would have to be Trump. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool is that they would text the part they text me right back part. That's where you get me. I do have a bunch of cool people. My uh, Chris Rock would not. Well, although he did last time, Chris Rock got right back to me, which surprised the shit out of me. Uh, Louis does not get back to me. He'll let three weeks go by. Uh, coolest part, I would say Colin Quinn. That's a solid answer. Oh, that leading me to my next question. When he was on your show, some of the best. Uh, interview i've ever seen when you said colin i'm coming to your wedding but who am i going to hate the most so answer that question nick DePaulo. Who who'd you hate the most at colin's wedding the guy that gave me the fucking shitty piece of roast beef that was all gray and dry no. like, the, like a big fucking <laughs> chef's hat i said hey asshole what are you doing uh no um i well i didn't you know I don't hate these guys, but Seth Myers was there i just hate his show and, and what he stands for but you know i actually knew him before he became a shill for NBC and the fucking libs. Um, but I don't hate him. Um, who else was there? Um, the guy that, uh, who else was there? Fucking, I was going to say something funny, but that guy's dead. Um, <laughs> uh, Harvey Weinstein, I fucking didn't like him. I saw him in the men's room. But no, that was, uh, <laughs> that was it. They, most of the people, you know. I run in the same circles. So, One sports team to win a title. If you can only see one Boston team ever win a title again, who would it be? Mm. <sighs> That's a fucking tough one because, mm-hmm. because I love the, you know, I'm, I'm a football, diehard football fan. And it, 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 the Patriots could never win another one again. I have had my fill. When they lost a couple of years ago, it bothered me for five minutes. I go, okay, see you next year, motherfuckers. Yep. Literally, and, and then we won it next year. So I've had my fill. I, you can never get enough. But the Red Sox, because uh, the Yankee Red Sox thing. Every, I know every time we win, it hurts the fucking Yankees fans. So, I, again, I don't give a shit about the Celtics. Um, and, and, the, and I love the Bruins. You know, I'd have to go with the Bruins. How about okay. that? Favorite comedian right now? That's uh favorite comedian right now. Um, I'd say Louie. Louie. Louis, uh, Colin Quinn's always in the mix. Mm-hmm. Colin Quinn does such exquisite work. It's it's between Louie, Colin, and, and Billy Burr is, is really killer, too. I'm going to tell you the truth, Nick. One, this was a blast. And two, I've been listening to you from... I'm the biggest Opie and Anthony fan. When it was you and Anthony against the likes of Patrice and Bill going back and forth, yeah. some of the greatest radio yeah. ever. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm not saying that lightly. Ever in the history of radio, when it was you and Anthony cr- crushing Patrice, and Patrice like, Opie, Norton, someone help me out. When you guys <laughs> crushed him, the greatest radio I've ever heard. Um, hey, plug all your stuff on nickdip.com. Just plug uh, everything. Yeah, nickdip.com for my tour dates. Uh, cameo.com. If you people – Want me to send you a personal video message uh, roasting one of your friends or uh, saying happy birthday to an uncle or uh, telling your neighbor to go fuck himself or an old school teacher you hate. I will send a personal video. You go to Cameo.com, click on my profile. I'll fill it out. Uh, Breath of Fresh Air is on YouTube. It's about a little under 600,000 views. And uh, my, my show, my streaming live show is Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern to noontime. And like I said, on Mondays, 
Uh, it's live at 11 a.m. Then we drop it again at 7 p.m. Uh, it's uh, YouTube and Facebook. And then go to pay, go to nickdip.com. You can sign up for the for the rest of the shows for the week. Mike, this has been a blast. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I appreciate you're a cop, dude, and and you know I'm a cop lover, so I appreciate what you do. Sorry it took so long to get uh, get this thing going. Listen, thank you for being a voice for free speech for. Your free speech on both sides. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for always tweeting pro stuff about everything, Nick. You are one of my favorites, and I'll see you down in Pennsylvania, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.